0: Gather round, ye children, come, listen to the old, old story of the power of death undone by an infant born of glory, Son of God, Son of Man. Gather round, remember now how creation held its breath, how it let out a sigh, filled up the sky with the angels, son of God, son of man. So sing out with joy for the brave little boy, who was God, but he made himself nothing, Oh, well, he gave up his pride and he came here to die like a man. Therefore God exalted him to the place of highest praises. And he gave him the name above every name at the very name of Jesus, Son of God. We would sing out with joy for the brave little boy who was God but he made himself nothing. When he gave up his pride and he came here to die like a man. So in heaven and earth and below every knee would bow in worship every tongue would proclaim jesus he reigns with the angels so sing out with joy for the brave little boy who was god but he made himself nothing and he gave up his pride and he came here to die like Come, listen to the old, old story of the power of death undone by an infant born of glory, Son of God, Son of Man.
1: Good morning, everyone. Merry Christmas. What a joy to be gathered together to remember the birth of our Savior. Uh, we're so glad everyone's been saying, I can't believe how many people are here for the morning service. This is this is wonderful. Uh, as you know, this is a communion service, so you should have received a little bread and cup on your way in. If you did not and you need one, our ushers are ready to give those to you. Just raise your hand if you didn't get one, and we'll make sure that you that you receive one. Keep those hands raised. Um, uh, this morning is more of an abbreviated worship service. We're mainly just coming together to uh, prepare ourselves for the bread and cup and to partake of it together. And uh, we want to get you out of here in a good time so that you, we can celebrate with our families until we gather again for tonight for our evening service. Uh, we'd encourage you to come back at 6 o'clock downstairs in the uh, Family Life Center. And there we'll have our full-blown candlelight service. I've heard that there is some wonderful music uh, that is going to be performed through a choir and some other soloists, as well as uh, a time for us to be able to praise God together and to reflect on the Christmas story. So we encourage you to come back tonight, 6 o'clock. As we begin our time together, I want to read to us uh, from God's word from First Timothy. I think there's actually slides. And... Uh, you can read as I, as I read it here off the screen. But 1 Timothy, Paul reminds us in chapter 1, verse 15, he says, The saying is trustworthy and deserving of full acceptance, that Jesus Christ came into the world to save sinners, of whom I am the foremost. But I received mercy for this reason, that in me, as the foremost, Jesus Christ might display his perfect patience as an example to those who were to believe in him for eternal life, to the King of the ages, immortal, invisible, the only God, be honor and glory forever and ever. Amen. Would you pray with me? Father, we are so grateful to be able to gather together knowing that we have good news to reflect upon, good news of great joy that is for all people. That Christ was born into this world, uh, God coming in the flesh, to live the perfect life that we could not live, to die the death of sin that we should have died, uh, and to rise again from the dead to conquer the grave and to give us the hope of eternal life and newness of life in and through him. Uh, We are so grateful for the gospel, and we know that the Christmas story points us ultimately to all that he has done. So, Father, we're thankful. We're thankful for each other. We're thankful for our friends and family, for the celebrations that we'll have uh, with each other in this afternoon and tomorrow as well. Uh, We look forward to tonight as we gather again to worship. We pray that in these moments, as we reflect on communion, the bread and cup, remembering what Jesus has done for us, that you would stir our hearts to love him and to commune with him as we fellowship together. We pray these things in his matchless name. And all God's people said... Amen. Why don't we stand together and give him our praises?
0: Hark the herald angel sing, glory to the newborn king, peace on earth, and mercy mild reconciled. Joyful all ye nations rise, join the triumph of the skies. With angelic hosts proclaim, Christ is born in Bethlehem. Hark the old angels sing, glory. Adored Christ, the everlasting Lord. Late in time, behold Him come, the offspring of a virgin's womb. There to all.
1: Well, as we per, uh, prepare ourselves to partake of the bread and cup, I thought it would be good for us in thinking about Jesus' uh, death as we partake of the bread and cup, for us to revisit prophecies made about his birth in the book of Isaiah, prophecies made some 700 years before he was born. And if you have your Bibles, I invite you to actually turn to two different passages. I invite you to turn to Isaiah 9. And also to Isaiah 53. As we think about Jesus' life, we read these prophecies made hundreds of years uh, before his coming. Isaiah 9, starting in verse 6 in particular. Isaiah writes, and starting in verse 6 of chapter 9, he says, For to us a child is born... The zeal of the Lord of hosts will do this. And then Isaiah 53, Isaiah 53, starting in verse 2. Isaiah goes on and speaking of Jesus says, He grew up before him like a young plant, like a root out of dry ground. He had no form or majesty that we should look at him and no beauty that we should desire him. And with his wounds, we are healed. All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned every one to his own way, and the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. Father, as we think and reflect on these two passages together, we pray that the Holy Spirit would remind us of all that Jesus is to us and all that he has done for us. And we pray these things in his name. Amen. When Isaiah was writing these words, he was given this message under the inspiration of God. And this message came in a time of great spiritual darkness and cultural darkness among the land and the people of God and Israel and Judah. And it's through this message that light came shining in and hope came dawning upon the people of God. In fact, Isaiah says that in Isaiah 9, verse 2, he starts by saying, The people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who dwelt in a land of deep darkness, on them has light shone. Light had dawned in the darkness. How? How was light coming in? Well, through a birth announcement. God would shine light upon his people by giving them a prophecy. An announcement of a baby who was to be born. Isaiah 9 is essentially a royal, divine birth announcement. And what does this birth announcement have to say? Well, first of all, it tells us the baby that is to come, this birth, uh, first of all, it's a boy. Uh, In verse 6, we're told, for to us a child is born, to us a son is given. And what will this baby boy's name be? Well, interestingly enough, he doesn't just have one name, but verse 6 says that he has many names. If you take a look at verse 6 again, his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. In other words, this baby boy that would be born would be no ordinary child, but would be god Himself come in the flesh, God taking on the form of humanity. And where would this baby boy stem from? What would his family lineage be? He would be a royal child stemming from the royal family. If you take a look at verse 6 of Isaiah 9, Isaiah goes on to tell us exactly the origins of this baby. Of the increase of his government and of peace, Isaiah says, there will be no end. On the throne of David and over his kingdom to establish it and to uphold it. He would come from the royal line of David. You can imagine what amazing hope, what amazing joy would have come over the original readers of Isaiah's message here. People who were stuck in exile, people who had watched the kingdom of God crumble and be defeated and conquered and overtaken. And they probably wondered to themselves, when are all of God's promises that he promised to David that his his kingdom would be established forever? They wondered if those promises would come true. And now they're told this baby would come who would fulfill all of these promises that they longed to see fulfilled. They thought a conqueror was coming. They thought a great political warrior was going to be born. And they were filled with hope. But then the the baby boy came, didn't he? Some 2,000 years ago, born with the name Jesus. And it turns out that Jesus would not exactly be the king that his people were expecting him to be. Isaiah cannot think long about Christmas without ultimately pointing us to the cross. When he thinks about the coming of Christ, he starts moving towards the Christ on the cross. He points us to Isaiah 53. I invite you to turn there, Isaiah 53. If Isaiah 9 is a royal birth announcement, Then Isaiah 53 reads like a royal divine obituary. In fact, we really could call Isaiah 53 Jesus' obituary written some 700 years before his death, prophesying and predicting the nature and the circumstances of his death. And this obituary in Isaiah 53 begins by telling us what kind of life this King Jesus lived. What was his life like? Well, to our surprise, he wasn't actually the standout king that everyone thought he would be as being the great, 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 great grandchild of David. If you take a look at verse 2, what do we read of him? He had no form or majesty that we should look at him, no beauty that we should desire him. How was he born into the world? Not in a great, mighty palace, but in a manger, Uh, among a poor people, among a poor family. Not the standout king that we expected. In fact, when Paul writes in Philippians 2, verses 6 and 7, he puts it this way. He says, though he, Jesus, was in the form of God, he did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped. But what did he do? Emptied himself, taking on the form of a servant being born in the likeness of men. Verse 3 actually tells us not only was he not recognized, but he was despised. Verse 3 of Isaiah 53, he was despised and rejected by men, a man of sorrows, acquainted with grief, as one from whom men hide their faces. He was despised, and we esteemed him not. Not the king that the people wanted, but just the right king that all of us needed. Well, the obituary goes on to tell us not only of his life, but the circumstances of his death. What was the cause of death? Well, he tells us in verses five and six, how did this king die? Verse five, he was pierced. He was crushed. Sounds violent. For what? Why was he pierced? How was he crushed? Verse five, he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. Final cause of death at the end of verse 6. The Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. This is the the great surprise. This is the great message of Christmas. Christmas. That this royal king who is to bring hope and joy and security to his people and to all the world, who is to reign as king of kings and lord of lords, was the same king who would die a horrible, awful death. For what purpose? To save us from our sin. To embrace the curse for us so that we might be redeemed he came as the king who would conquer the enemies that we didn't maybe realize that we needed conquered for us the enemies of sin the enemy of Satan and the enemy of death and he came to rule at the level of our hearts until one day he comes to rule the entire world now was this death a tragic event that was not supposed to take place no In fact, it went according to God's plan. In fact, it went according to Jesus' plan. If you take a look at verse 7, verse 7, Isaiah says, "...he was oppressed and he was afflicted, yet he opened not his mouth. Like a lamb that is led to the slaughter, like a sheep that before its shears is silent, so he opened not his mouth." He willingly went towards the sacrifice prepared for him willingly laid his own life down. In John's Gospel, in John ten eighteen, he quotes Jesus saying, no one takes my life from me, but I lay it down on my own accord. When we think of Christmas, we ultimately think of the cross. And it's there in the manger, it's there on the cross, where we see the willing heart of Jesus, willingly giving himself for our sake, willingly coming to lay his own life down so that we might be saved and reconciled to God. As we remember his birth, we're pointed to his death. But we know this morning as we celebrate the birth of Jesus that we're not celebrating Uh, the life of some king whose life ended tragically and isn't it so sad that now he's dead and gone. We know the end story. We know that this king whose birth that we celebrate today is a king who is still alive, who actually conquered death and is risen and is even now as we're sitting here seated at the right hand of God the Father and interceding for us even as we worship him right now. And it is him that we look to and it's him who sits at the right hand of the father who still wants to fellowship with us even here and even now he wants to commune with us and one of the ways in which he has given us to be able to commune with him is through the bread and the cup and in just a moment as we partake of the bread and the cup it's in the bread and the cup where jesus essentially is coming to us and saying i came I came as that baby so long ago. I was and am that royal king who was born in the form of a servant. I came to serve you all the way to death, to take on your sin and to rise again from the dead so that you might be sinless in God's sight and so that you might live for all eternity. This is the Christmas story. This is the Jesus that we remember as we partake of the bread and cup this morning. As we prepare, why don't we pray and then uh, Caleb and Mason are going to uh, sing a song for us to help prepare our hearts even further uh, to partake of the bread and cup. Let's, let's pray. Father, we're so thankful that your word is so majestic. At some 700 years before he was even born, it was prophesied exactly how he would come. It was even prophesied exactly how he would die even more significantly is the reason why he would come and why he would die. That Christmas points us ultimately to the cross to be reminded that this child who came, came as the Lamb of God who would take away the sins of the world through dying on the cross and rising again from the dead. We're so thankful for the symbols that he gave us of the bread and the cup to remember uh, all that he has done for us through his suffering and his death. We thank you, Jesus, we ask that you would prepare our hearts to communion with you now as we partake together of this wonderful gift of the bread and cup. And prepare our hearts, we pray, in Jesus' name, amen.
0: Prince of Peace, a child for us is born, behold the Lamb of God, who takes away our sin. The wilderness. Now hear, a voice is crying. Prepare the way. Make straight the path. Your King has come to die. Behold, the, the Lamb of I. God, who takes away our sin. In light of men, behold. Life and light of men. Behold the Lamb of God who died and rose again. Behold the Lamb of God who comes to take away.
1: gentlemen. When we partake of the bread and cup, we are partaking of symbols that came directly from Jesus to us, reminding us of his suffering and death for our sake. And this is something that all who are actively trusting in Christ and are repenting of their sins, uh, all who are doing those things uh, can partake of the bread and the cup. When Paul wrote about the bread and cup in 1 Corinthians 11, he did give a warning of the state of our hearts while partaking of this. Let me read what he said in verse 27. He said, "...whoever therefore eats the bread or drinks the cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty concerning the body and blood of the Lord. Let a person examine himself then, and so eat of the bread and drink of the cup. For anyone who eats and drinks without discerning the body eats and drinks judgment on himself. I'd like to give us just a moment in the privacy of our own hearts for a time of personal prayer uh, with Jesus, with the Lord, just to prepare our hearts to confess any sin that may be left unconfessed before we partake of the bread and cup together. So let's take a moment in the privacy of our own hearts to talk with our Father. Father, we're thankful that if we confess our sins, you are faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. We're thankful that we can partake now of this bread and cup together as a remembrance of all that Jesus has done for us. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, I invite you to take your bread and cup and let's open up the bread Paul writes, what I received from the Lord, I also delivered to you that the Lord Jesus on the night he was betrayed took bread, and when he broke it and had given thanks, he said, this is my body, which is for you, do this in remembrance of me. Let's eat together. Let's also open up our cups. Paul goes on and says, In the same way also, Jesus took the cup after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it, in remembrance of me. Let's drink together. Father again we are so grateful for your grace and your mercy to us that your plan from of old was to send uh, your son into this world to take on flesh so that we might be reconciled to you and be your children. Uh, We want to be faithful And we want to give you our praise for all that you have planned, all that you have accomplished, all that you will accomplish in and through us because of your son and because of the work of the spirit working within us. So we praise you. We praise you for the Christmas story. We praise you now in song. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Why don't we stand together and give him our praise again?
0: For.
1: reminder that tonight's service is at 6 p.m., not up here, but downstairs in the gym in our Family Life Center. Uh, We look forward to gathering again. And a reminder, uh, it's never too late to invite an unbelieving family member, friend, neighbor to that service. We're always very mindful that uh, those who need to hear the gospel uh, attend that service every year. And so we have that in mind when we put it together. So we encourage you to extend invitations, and we look forward to tonight. As we go, a benediction from Isaiah, again, uh, chapter 60, he says, Arise, shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. For behold, darkness shall cover the earth, and thick darkness the peoples. But the Lord will arise upon you, and his glory will be seen upon you. Merry Christmas, everybody. Greet one another as you go.